Welcome to the Teaching Journeys podcast, hosted by Dave Roberts. Humanity possesses a unique skill, the ability to pass knowledge from one generation uh, to the next. This podcast embraces that ability, offering learning opportunities through conversations with extraordinary guests. Dave aims to leave a positive mark on individuals around the world. So before you dive into today's episode, Please share this podcast with your network, including friends, family, and colleagues. And please consider leaving a rating or review. Your support makes all the difference. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Teaching Journeys podcast. It is a pleasure to have back for a return visit my brother from another mother, Chris Munch, who hails all the way from Hayes, Kansas which is what, about four hours from Kansas City? Yeah, we're right in between Kansas City and Denver. We're the place where everybody stops when they're traveling between those two cities to peak. That's good to know because what I understand, there isn't many places to poop when you get on the road to Kansas unless you like go off somewhere in a field and decide you're going to do it there and be not be self-conscious about it, so... To a lot of people across the entire country, and they're like, Yeah, he's Kansas. You know what? I think we stopped there to go to the bathroom once. I'm like, Yeah, you probably did because that's what everybody does. We've got the best facilities in uh, Kansas. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to believe that Chris and I have ever had a serious conversation. Oh, yeah. We're about to embark on a pretty serious conversation, and one that both of us never thought we'd even be addressing. Um, just, just to give you some background, I've known Chris since 2010, how we met is, is a story for another podcast. Uh, but we have taken two very distinct paths towards our, in our grief journey, but we share the same values and because we share the same values, we can understand and respect how each other's, how each other grieve. Chris does not have a formal bio. If you know, Chris, there's nothing formal about Chris, um, he ba- I could I classify him, you know, for lack of a better word, he's a visionary. He's an entrepreneur. He's a he's a repurposer of old things, and he applies that same philosophy to his life. As great as a teacher as he is, he's an even better learner. And with the mantra of this podcast being, "We're all students and teachers. Let's learn from each other." Chris fits right in with the vibe that I've been trying to create. Um, and Chris. What our episode last year on the titled Who Am I Really um, made the top five. And I'm sure it's because more because of my influence than anything you contributed. But um, I think it dropped the F bomb a few times. That's why I think. I, I think that's, I think that probably it. I think people were just curious for more. And it was like, well, you know, it was the morbid fascination, you know, <laughs> they see that. that. So see that explicit label. They're like, oh, this guy's got to be a, this guy's got to be a work. Chris is one of the most honest, genuine, just great individuals you'll ever run into. We had talked about doing another podcast. This was a couple of days ago. I had posted something on Facebook about our five most viewed teaching journey podcasts in the past year. And you, you responded and said, we got to do another podcast. And I said, yes. And then on January 5th, everything took a really sudden turn. turn and we're going to explore a topic that who would have thunk we would have even been doing this time around? But we're going to be talking about our pets who have transitioned to Rainbow Bridge. I use transition 
to express how I conceive death. Chris may use something different. He may use die. He may use pass away, but it doesn't matter. It's important that we understand everybody's vocabulary in terms of how they conceptualize death and work with that. And we're here basically because of what happened on January 5th. Am I correct? Yes. As far yep. as the date. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Chris. And why did you just, you know, an understanding of what happened? I, uh, I, I just, you know, it goes back to Blake dying, uh, 18 years ago. So the 23rd of December would have been 18 years of Blake. My son died. And, uh, so, somewhere along those 18 years, I went from, um, you know, all those different sayings of what you're saying, how you transitioned all that, you know, Blake, Blake is dead. I, I, I am just a, I'm just, I try to be as blunt, honest as I can with it. And Blake is dead. I, I, you know, until I really looked at it from that perspective, did I really, I think, start to, uh, really grasp and understand that. And, and, uh, I, you know, you posted a couple of years ago, I think it was Zoe, your cat. I think you posted about your cat dying and, and I've had, a, I mean, many people have posted in, on social media about losing a pet and I, for one was just like, you know, and I, and I think I was the same way with Blake when he was so, you know, when prior to Blake dying, you know, you would see and read about, you know, people losing their kids and, you know, you think to yourself, ah, oh, that's, that's not good. But, but at the rate, but the reality is, I mean, you can just take another breath and move on. And prior to the fifth, I mean, my dog Moose, who had been, he's a golden retriever and, um, just a super smart dog. I mean, you could have conversations with that dang dog and I think he'd understand, you know? And so when you posted about Zoe, you know, I, I felt bad for you, but I didn't get it. And Moose was going on, he was about 12 and a half years old and he was struggling. You know, I've noticed the past couple of months, especially he's, he's starting to lose his eyesight and, and just, he's having, you know, he went everywhere with me, had, a, was having a harder time getting in and out of my truck. He used to just jump right in, get up on the seat and and, uh, like I noticed this morning, it's so fucking real, dude. It's like his, his nose prints are all over my window, you know, and he was doing, he was doing, he was doing decent. And, uh, he was on the porch Friday, Thursday night. I went out to let him in because he always laid out. He was always a dog that always kind of did his own thing, but he was just a buddy when you, when you walked by and he was always wagging his tail. He was a friend to everybody. And, uh, he got up off the porch, came in like he always did, took about five or six steps in the house and he just froze. And I just kind of stood there looking at him and I'm like, come on, Moose. And, and he needed to go through the living room and the dining room to get to the kitchen because we blocked him out of that, those areas. We got a little baby gate. We have three dogs, Moose. Blizzy is a puppy, uh, golden, uh, great Pyrenees. And then Gunner, he's a, uh, pit bull. And, uh, um, Moose just struggled to get into the kitchen. He was real wobbly. He got into the, kind of got into the hallway where he normally comes in and lays down and he just couldn't stand up. He kind of fell over and, and something happened, like something, something triggered in him. I don't know if it was a stroke. It was eerily similar to me when I had my stroke. And that's why I think he had a stroke. You know, he just, I was just walking along next thing, you know, boom, I had a, uh, you know, a stroke in my cerebellum, had a hard time standing up. 
And it just seemed like, you know, he just, he just became, he, he became non-functional for a while. And, uh, we took him to the vet that night, got called the emergency number. We, we just talked about, let's give him a pain shot, da, 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 just try to get him through the night and see how he feels tomorrow. The next morning I walked into, uh, he was, he, we, we brought him in, laid him down in the utility room on a blanket and, uh, he hadn't moved all night. And normally that's not how moose operated. So it goes back to oddly enough, his soul, I think, I think his soul knew something was coming because, um, he, uh, he was always a dog from being a puppy that never wanted to sleep anywhere in the location of anybody else. He always wanted to do his thing. But about the last six weeks, month, he would lay curled up right by the foot of my, right by the next to the bed ne next to me. So I just thought that was odd, right? Something, something's up. And little did I know that um, Friday morning I'd have to get up and and uh, go help Moose die, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, we got him there. We, we had to carry him in, made a blanket spot for him. We set him down and, and uh, he oddly enough rebounded. Um, he sat up, he always sat with his paws crossed like a true gentleman, um, head up, wanted some love. I was giving him a lot of love, obviously. And, uh, you know, the vet came in, we talked about it and said, probably best, um, something, something's going on, but now I'm, I'm, I'm questioning this, right? Because what the fuck are you doing, Moose? Now you're rebounding. Can we question this? Because going into it, I felt good about it, but um, the, there, there was one thing that made me um, follow through with it was that he loved when I would get in there and dig and rub in his ears really hard. And when I would do that, he would just grunt and moan and, uh, uh, he just loved it. He didn't make a peep, right? I mean, you could tell he was enjoying it, but I, I was just getting something, something happened. And so we, I knew that I didn't know, and, uh, I didn't know that I really wanted to know this one, but, but we helped, we helped Moose, we helped Moose take his last breath and we were there the whole time and. And, um, God damn, dude, he, he, like, I see him, you know, the reason why I said, let's do a podcast on this and, and let's do it now is because it is, oh, I'm telling you, this is fresher than pie coming out of an oven. I see him everywhere. I just get ready to leave the home to come out here to the office to, to do this. And I mean, he was always right there, right by the door. He didn't necessarily always come with me but he was right there to the door. He always ran over when I let our pigs out to go potty. We have three little pigs and he was always standing there waiting for a treat. Um, I looked up when I would let the pigs out and there's his, his jug. And, uh, you know, when I gave him his last treat, a little did I know, I mean, it, 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 it is so, it is so parallel Blake's deaths. I, I um, if, if I ever believe that the loss is a loss and I, um, when I say loss is loss, it's, it can be in, I mean, you lose a billfold <laughs> that was dear to you. You go through divorce or illness or yeah, the, the, the parallel is unmistakable, right? I mean, the, the idea that, um, you know, you're for 13, 12 and a half years, you've got this companion and all of a sudden it's, it's different, right? I, and it's, it's a. Uh, I'm still getting grip on it and I will be, I, I, I will be forever. Right. I had his, 
his collar was his clothes. He knew that collar as his clothes. Um, and I, I hung in there pretty good while, while we were at the vet's office. And, uh, my wife, Larissa said, well, we better take his clothes off for the final time. And that, you know, who <laughs> David knew a fucking dog could do this to you, a dog. <laughs> I, I, yeah. We're a society that will avoid talking about death as much as possible, but yet we are willing to revisit the pain of pet loss. We, we will buy a pet knowing that in all likelihood we're going to outlive them and yeah. that we are going to experience the, uh, the, the, the a se severe emotional pain and shock that parallels any other type of loss that we have. Yeah. And I think we do that because our pets give us something that many humans can't give us, and that's unconditional love. And our pets can teach us more about humanity than many humans can. And we thrive, we thirst for that. We could be having a bad day. We could have said something that was really just stupid or in the category of dumbass, and they don't care. They're just going to be basically, you know, Moose will come, would come wag his tail, sat on your lap, licked your face, and it makes it all, all, all good. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned that you got, you got it after you saw me posting about Zoe, you get the pain of pet loss and you've made a parallel to child loss. And when you read about child loss, it was like, well, thankfully I, I feel bad, but it wasn't me. At least <laughs> thankfully it wasn't me. That's how I felt until Janine transitioned. And then I realized, oh, it is me. I've transitioned for probably six or seven pets in my day, including a beloved golden retriever that we had when Janine was around. Her name was Ginger. She had eerily very similar symptoms to Moose. I think she had a stroke. Um, she had some neurological difficulties, and there was an undefined mass in her stomach, which meant that she probably had cancer that had metastasized. So we all took turns, the kids, me, Sherry, we all took turns uh, saying goodbye to her. Um, and I was there with her when she took her last breath and it was, it was emotional. Um, you know, for me, I've always been a cat guy. I've been a cat guy the last 26 years and two cats in particular, one was Bootsy and the other was Zoe. And if you guys will indulge a little bit, I'll just give you some background on both. Bootsy was a Christmas gift from my Janine's best friend. Bootsy lived for about 21 years. He outlived Janine. Janine had transitioned in 2003. And after that, Bootsy became my cat. He was Janine's cat. He would sleep with me at night. He would wake me up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning to get me going. I'd say, Bootsy, give me a break. It's only 4.30. They'd meow, 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 as if to say, get your ass moving. And he got me moving in the morning. He allowed me to take care of him. He loved me, Chris, when I couldn't love myself. Mm -hmm. Um. When he transitioned, it was basically due to old age. We took him to the vets, and he went peacefully in his 21st year. And there was a lot of serendipity. There were a lot of signs that I occurred before and after his death that allowed me to find many moments of peace amidst the sadness. It involved crows. It involved at the end of his life where he was like Moose had that little surge at the end. Bootsy had that surge where he was kind of looking up at the sky, and he was kind of struggling, I thought, to stay alive. But I honestly think he saw Janine waiting for him, and, and he was ready to go. 
And all of those moments soften the blow. But like you, I, I kept looking for him. I kept waiting for him to jump on my lap, a bunch of different things. And that didn't go away for quite a while. The other piece is that one of the things that I anticipated is that when Bootsy transitioned, when it was his time to go, it was also going to resurface feelings of very intense grief with Janine because of the connection of Bootsy and, with Bootsy and Janine. And it did. I, I found myself yearning for Janine. But you know what surprised me? I grieved primarily because of the significance that Bootsy had in my life after she transitioned. And that's what I was, that loss I grieved more intensely. And then there's Zoe. Um, this is her bell that she used to ring out her scratching post. So I'm wearing that in, in honor of her. Um, she was a rescue cat that we inherited from my son, Dan, when he started working in academia, he was living in, in, um, residence housing, uh, staff housing, and they couldn't have pets. So we inherited Zoe and her, her, her partner cat, Nitsky. And Zoe was a cat that would just do really stupid shit. She would stick her head halfway down the laundry chute. She would roll out her stomach, wide read a rubber belly. She would jump in my suitcase. She would do a whole bunch of different things. One of the things that had died when Janine had transitioned was my ability to just really laugh for the sake of laughing. And Zoe just brought out that playfulness in me. And interestingly, and I noticed this six months before Bootsy transitioned, he was relinquishing his role to Zoe's. I became Zoe's human. I was Bootsy's human. And Bootsy said, Zoe, you need to take care of him because I can't anymore. Because I look back on I was pretty awestruck. Um, Zoe was 15 when she transitioned. She uh, developed allergies, which we, she had to take steroids for. And what steroids, Chris? You know, there's probably other side effects. She ended up developing spinal cancer, which our vet said was only she was I was only the second cat that she had ever he had she had ever worked on that had spinal cancer. Um, it was in a place where they couldn't do chemo. We weren't going to do chemo with a fifteen-year-old cat anyway. We didn't want to put her through that. Um, the vet came came to our house, and Zoe sat in my lap on July second, twenty. 22 and looking out the window it was a beautiful sunny day uh she she transitioned right in my lap and i still think about her i still think about bootsy bootsy transitioned in 2016 and i still think of both of them my cats taught me a lot of things about myself each different teachings that i might not have learned otherwise they loved me unconditionally when i couldn't love myself they brought out the playfulness in me i think about Bootsy and Zoe as much as I think about about my daughter. And I'm not saying I don't think about my other pets that I've transitioned. They do come to mind. But those two, for the significance that they had before and after Janine's transition, they will always have a place in my memories, in my heart, for what they taught me. It's interesting because I'd never been a part of that before. I, um, you know, I'm, I'm a little rough around the edges, so um, all my I pets. I would have never figured that out, Chris. <laughs> You know, all, all my pets prior to either got ran over and killed or I lost them in divorce. <laughs> so, you know, I tried to divorce Larissa, you know, at the vet on Friday morning. But she's like, no, you're not leaving me hanging here with this shit. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, but, but the parallels, dude, 
we were leaving the vet's office to go home, which is a quarter mile. I mean, already the regrets, you know, I mean, I, I got mad at Moose when he was eating horse poop and I mean, fuck, if he likes horse poop, eat horse poop. I mean, mm. I look, starting to regret that stuff. And it's, it was the same with Blake, uh, you know, the, the window prints on the nose in my truck right now, it's like, I need to wash those off, but I really want to keep those. And, and, uh, it's, it's, it's like looking back at Blake when I knew my tube of toothpaste would run out and I'd have to move on to a new tube. It is eerily similar. And, um, it's, it, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast so soon is because it is just so fresh and, 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 and I know it'll ease and it'll all come because, you know, of, of losing Blake, but, and, and there's, there's this choice in there, right? Because. I literally had somebody say to me, that's why I don't have pets. I'm like, so is that the reason why you wouldn't want to get married? Is that the reason why you wouldn't want to have friends? I mean, anytime you connect to something, um, there, there is the reality that you're going to have to let you, there's a very big possibility you're going to have to let go of it. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and I noticed last night, Larissa, her, her pit bull gun, um, He's, he's, uh, he's mellowed out. He's, I think he's 10, but last night we sat down to watch a movie and, uh, she, she, she went and found him and drug him over there and made him get on the couch with her. And he laid on his back in her lap and she covered him up. I mean, like a baby, um, and we don't have kids. So that, I mean, we, we have kids, we have a bunch of kids. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Um, one of my, I, I told her, so we, we got back from the vet, um, before I pulled in the garage, I just wrote down and told her I regretted um, the, the Mother's Day when she kind of made a comment to me that I didn't get her anything for Mother's Day. And I said, well, you know, you're not, you're not really a mom. And I mean, from the moment that came out of my mouth, I, I knew that she is, she is probably, um, well, not probably, she is a mom to more animals that we have. And that is a very, that, you know, kids can tell you how they feel animals can't so you have to become this this uh psych psychiatric you got to get in their mind to see how they feel and how they're acting and so i i just told her immediately I, i'm not going to die with this regret and not tell you and i had already told her i was sorry for saying that um it it, it just you know it just when you i just never that dude i never dreamed losing a pet could be um so traumatic and and it, and it flushed up memories of Blake for me. Um, Blake never knew Moose, but, um, but obviously just, just the whole death thing, you know, it just brings you back square one and it's what so kind of flushes up some of those things. And, um, just the reality that, you know, the, the whole, the whole thing was, um, like four months ago, we got it there. We know we got Blizzy, the great Pyrenees puppy and she's the biggest pain in the ass dude. I mean, I'm telling you, you leave anything on the counter, um, that, that dog gets in the backyard. I mean, anything she's big, she's going to be a big, she's a big girl and she gets up on the counter and takes everything. And, you know, while Moose is laying on the floor, going through this deal, you know, Blizzy is jumping on me because I'm down on the floor and she wants to play, you know, and Gunner comes over Gunner's old enough to, I think, to know. And so he came over and kind of sat down by us. And I think he could, he could sense that something was wrong. But you all know. And, uh, 
you know, to make a long story short, we, we've got a mouse in the house and we live on the edge of town. And, uh, of course, uh, um, you know, if, if you come to our house and you, and, and, and I, th I just think this is a common thing. And, you know, I think if you go into a lot of married couples bedrooms and you look at their nightstands, my nightstand is pristine and hers has got bowls and it, it, it's just like this heap and helping of, of life, right? So about, about five or six days ago, she's, you know, taps on me. Hey, we got a mouse. And I'm like, what? How do, how do you know that? She was, I saw it in one of my bowls eating cream of wheat. And I'm like, what? You know, I'm immediately thinking extermination. And she's thinking, I think I'm going to get it a sweater vest and I want to take it to work with me. And I'm like, oh God, you know, and it's it just, that is her persona. I mean, she raised up this summer from no feathers to riding on her shoulder, but it would fly around and come back to her and she, she'd take it to work with her. I mean, if a chicken dies, she cries. Uh, I, I, I didn't get it. I think before now, just the connection she can make with animals. Thursday morning, I had found a couple of sticky traps. I was like, I'm going to catch this damn mouse. Like we'd want a mouse in our house. So I, I put peanut butter on both of those sticky traps. I set them on the counter and then I went to work. And when she texts me, uh, then yeah, good morning. I was going to respond to her. Hey, when you leave, put those sticky traps on our nightstands, put one on mine, one on yours, and let's catch that damn mouse. Well, I forgot about it. And so before I brought Moose in and he got sick, I came in the house. I'm like, oh, did you put the sticky traps? And she's like, no, what sticky traps? I'm like, oh, shit. So I go look in the backyard, no sticky traps. I'm like, where the hell the sticky traps go? And, and true to fashion, in the moment, there was this, you know, something happening with Blake. There was this moment of... Um, it, it, you know, I, I don't know that I'm a believer in God or all these different things, but there was this moment of humor because as Blizzy um, was jumping on me and I was getting mad at her, like, damn it, get off me. And I pushed her away. And when I pushed her away, right on her ass were both of those sticky traps stuck on her butt in the fur. And so she had got, she had, well, there's the sticky traps. She had gotten those, and they're, one of them still stuck to her butt right now because I just, we just haven't had time to cut the dang thing off of her. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, you know, and I remember, I remember when Blake died, should I laugh, right? You know, how, how am I supposed to act? You know, my son just died. And so the, the parallels are just dang dude they're so similar i i just it's 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 just it's almost mind-boggling to think that it can be so similar that you know i'm not going to say it's harder but it's hard because you just see and feel all these similar things like i shouldn't laugh you know um Friday night, uh, I, it, it was very similar. I remember thinking back after Blake died and all these people were bringing food to the house. And I was kind of like, fuck it. I'm just going to eat, you know? And, you know, Larissa was, it had been sewing here. So she wrote with me that afternoon and she's like, what are we going to do for dinner? And I'm like, you know what? I don't give a shit. Let's get a pizza. So we, I was like, no, but you know what? Let's each get our own fucking pizza. And so we used to pizzas and then we go to the store we get Linder, that Linder chocolate, the best chocolate. Yeah. Like, carrying in a big cherry pie she's like 
what, what are you doing? And I'm like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to grieve through eating because, um, I deserve it. And so, so similar to losing Blake, just, I, I, it's crazy, Dave. It's crazy that it can be so similar. And I, I tell my students this at, at uh, Utica University, every loss, the reactions and the effects that it has on us physically, emotionally, psychologically are all pretty much going to be the same. And I, and just because I've, I've found peace and I've accepted that my world is different because my daughter's absent from this world doesn't mean that when I experience another loss, I'm going to be able to use that and apply it like a credit check. And right. we have to go through the process and yeah. every loss there's a, has, has a unique significance as far as the, the relationship that we had. The relationship that you had with Moose might have been different, similar, but yet different in many ways in the relationship you had with Blake. And the same with me, with, with, with my pets. Um, and we, we all grieve that very intensely, and we, and we need to. It's, every, every pain we experience with grief is meant to be felt. We have to, to wallow in it before we can wallow through it. And, you know, the, the thing with, the thing with pets is that again, is what they represent to us. You and, and Larissa are parents. You are parents to a variety of different four-legged, beautiful creatures who quite frankly, Chris, probably inherited this earth before we did. Yeah. And they have every right to, to being treated with respect and with love than, than anybody, which is why for me, anybody that abuses an animal, I, I just... I can't, I can't get down with that. I can't even, I, yeah. I can't even fathom that. I mean, how can you, you abuse something and a creature that is probably closer to, to God than anything you're going to get, um, who gives us that unconditional love, that companionship, who loves us when we can't love ourselves. Where yeah. are we going to get that from? Yeah. Where are we going to, and, and, and we grieve those associated losses with our pets as much as we grieve associated losses with our children, with our spouses, with our siblings, with our grandparents. It's, it's, it's the same process. Every animal I have, uh, you know, I've got mini donkey, mini pony. I got a blind mini pony. I have a, or, uh, yep. A mini pony. I have a pony. I have Carlos, the cow that we raised two days after he was born. He laid on the couch with us. And by the fireplace, we have ducks, chickens, we have cats, we have, I, I don't, I will, I'm probably leaving something, a dog, we love them. But I'm going to tell you, it, it is crazy. Even like ducks have personalities. Like we have this female duck that she just, wah, 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 wah. I mean, ducks. she just doesn't shut up. And then you got, you know, I've got these four male ducks that are just like, they're just pigs for the food and. And, but the way they act, they always, you, you watch them walk in a row. It's always, it's almost always in the same order. And, you know, they don't complicate things. You know, Moose never complicated things. He was always, he was always happy. He was always wagging his tail. He loved everybody. I mean, last week I, I pulled up to the donut shop and I mean, I always got, I, you know, finally I started buying him his own donut. Because, uh, and you know, last week and the week before I called up, I'm like, you know what, fucking I'm taking him in. I mean, 
I know dogs aren't supposed to be in a restaurant, but I don't give a shit. I'm taking him in. So he went in there and I'm telling you, he went from table to table and everybody loved seeing him. And even a guy sitting over there with his head down good, he didn't want to be talked to, but he reached over and was petting Moose's head. He, he even, he even reached that guy. And when I went in Friday morning to tell, uh, you know, I went in to grab a donut and told, told Linda there that, you know, she, she was just in shock that this was happening to Moose because he was, he kind of became everybody's dog. And, and, uh, you know, people drive by to see our animals that we have. I always tell my help that the best time my business runs is when nobody's here. Because we as humans come in and complicate it, right? I mean, we bring in all our baggage and all our past and all our, we like this, we don't like that. But yet you can let three dogs in this building and they could give a shit. <laughs> they just, where's the water and where's my fair, my, where's my fair meal and can I have a snack off that table? I mean, they, they just, like, like pets are just different, right? Um, and, and. And when I say we complicate things, I, I mean, I include me because I got my baggage in my life and all the things that I bring into it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Larissa and I, that's, that's, that's the one thing, you know, Friday after we got back to the, back to the house and I apologized to her, she, she looked at me and she said, well, you're surely not going to work, are you? And I'm like, that, that's what I do, right? That's, that's how I grieve. I've always grieved like, mm -hmm. and she's the kind of person that she just wanted to go set in bed for a while and uh she she just she just was just that's the way she wanted to grieve and and prior to even you and i meeting we're so different we've got such different paths but the respect we have for each other you know that's what i told her something you know you, you can go sit and you go do what you want to do for a while and uh let's reconvene a little later but right now i i just need to go and, and do something with this we're hot wired differently than the women in our lives that deal with grief. We feel just as intensely, Chris, but we just deal with it. You get busy when you start experiencing feelings. Me, I've learned to find a balance between expressing how I feel and being comfortable with that. But also for me, for the most part, I'm very much in my head. I yeah. mean, I'm a, I'm a doer. I like to do stuff. And, you know, and I tell anybody, if you want to see how a guy's feeling, ask them what they're thinking first. I'll tell you. Yeah. You know, and, and it may not be pretty, but then if you say, yeah, boy, this really sucks. Yeah. How does it make you feel? Well, I'm angry. I'm pissed off. Um, I'm depressed. Um, I'm sad. I'm lost. Those are feelings. Yeah. But, you know, you ask a guy to talk about his feelings right off the bat. You might as well have me build a rocket ship and fly it to Mars. I'll probably have better success. But if you ask me what I'm thinking, I can sure as hell tell you how I'm feeling. Yeah. And Sherry and I are, are, are very similar to, to you, and, you and Larissa. But once we understood that, once I understood that with her, and we were able to respect the way we, we grieve loss. We were able to give each other space, but we were also able to understand that without trying to change each other. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 uh... These experiences help my relationship. I mean, with, with not just my wife, but with everybody, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's already improved my relationship with you. I'm coming from a perspective where, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate. I think to myself, it's, uh, I'm sorry that I didn't get it before 
but I didn't know how to get it. And now I'm in a position where I get it. And, you know, the first thing I need to do is admit to the fact that I didn't get it. And I see those, I see those experiences I had that I, I couldn't connect to them. And I'm a guy that I'm, I'm a tangible guy, right? I mean, you know, my, my hat is my hat, uh, you know, and, and I just think of those things, uh, from a tangible side of, you know, it's about our life experiences coming together. And when, when your experiences, like you say, are so they're, they're similar, they're not the same. It's, it's that whole deal we've talked about, about when people say I've been in your shoes and no, you haven't, cause these are, you've been in your shoes and maybe experienced something similar but it's, they're, they're just not the same shoes. And I look at, I look at the way things happen in my life from my perspective and you look at them from your perspective, but, but the whole damn goal is to put our perspectives on the table and respect them and, and understand them and understand, yeah. be willing to step out of my, out of my perspective and say, you know what? I don't get that and understand that, but damn, I'm willing to learn from you. And because, because the reality is, is there's a pretty damn good chance that I'm going to run into that. Right. And I can reach back on that and, uh, and, and kind of help, have it help guide me through, through what I'm going through. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. It's taken me to, to be 60 years old to figure a lot of this stuff out. And I think, I think that's, what's made me a better teacher. When I taught at the university was, you know, construction's important, but, but that's really not the, the real topic here. Right. I mean, the real topic I was trying to teach was, was some good life lessons so they could go out and, and utilize those life lessons. Our goal in a university setting is to give them a snippet of our lives and our experience. Um, they're really going to get their life experiences when they go out and do it. I mean, we can teach how to build and counsel and all those things, but the reality is, is when they're sitting there and they're actually experiencing it and they're in the position they have to do it, that's when they're really going to learn, but to give them the tools to do that. And, and just to have an understanding that they, they need to be that open with it. Right. I mean, we, 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 we are you and I are two different animals and, um, but, but at the same time, we you know we're very similar creatures and, um, we just have that mutual respect for each other that we can, we can do those things. I mean, I've, I've watched all the podcasts that you've done and listened to all those podcasts. And, and when I listen to like, damn, I wish I had, I wish I had the ability and patience Dave has, um, to do this because I would love to do it. But the reality is, is. It's just not in my, it's not in my wheelhouse, right? My wheelhouse is building and creating physical items. And, um, I gotta be okay with that. Right. Because, because drive a wedge and make me be pissed off at you. Well, you know, well, fuck Dave, he can, he has the time to do this. Um, it's something I want to do, but why would I be mad at you? I, yeah. I need to, I need to be proud of you for who you are and what you're doing and you know, it, it just, it just, it just goes back to, it just goes back to what animals can teach us is, I mean, that's unconditional love that share with you and love you for what you're doing and how you're acting and how you're living your life. And, and, uh, um, that, that's what I think we share. Well, whenever I see you and Larissa repurpose an old home and turn it from 
really kind of like if you look at a beauty and the beast type of thing, turn her from a beast into to just this this just un, just beautiful piece of work. I'm happy for you. I'm not going to get jealous over that because I that's something I can't do. Yeah. And if you, if it, if it's something that you're getting, you and Larissa are getting recognition for. It's like these are people I I love dearly. I said, yeah. why could why would I not be happy for them for their success? Why would I be jealous of that? Yeah. It would be like me being jealous and angry because I go into a supermarket and I see somebody with their their pets. I see somebody with their intact family in place and say, "Damn, I wish what happened to them could happen to me." Can you imagine how that would sound coming out of my mouth? <laughs> you know, it's like why I would be happy because. I wouldn't want anybody to have gone through what I went through with Janine or, or to go through with my pets, particularly with Bootsy and Zoe, which by the way, if I didn't mention this earlier, this is, oh yeah, I did. I think this is Zoe's bell that I'm wearing around my neck. Um, I have her cremains right at, right on a shelf in my desk, along with the rest of my ancestors who have passed. And we have Bootsy buried in the backyard because that was his home for 21 years. So they're still a part of us although in different form, but they'll always be a part of our family. You know, it's funny because you mentioned the, uh, the Kermains. I, I, I didn't even know, you know, the morning I went uh, Friday morning before I took Moose to the vet, uh, for his final time, you know, I was looking for a shovel because I, I thought that I had to, I thought that I was going to have to go find a spot to bury him, you know, and, and it was freaking snowing outside. And then we got there and I'm like, what? And then they told me, well, we can have him cremated. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. And, and, uh, but, but I really didn't want to do it because I knew, you know, I, I mean, being a visual person, I'm, I'm knowing what Moose is going to go through and I don't want anything to happen to him. But the reality was, was that's what was best. And they're going to give me his, his remains. And I thought, now what am I going to do with those? Because I'm not a visual person and I don't want to, I don't want to stick his remains in a drawer in the basement. Um, but, but it, it was easy for me yesterday. I, I realized that, you know, Moose had a kind of a favorite spot to lay. Um, that's normally where I found him and it's the oddest spot. It's not like under a tree. It's romantic. It's like this odd spot in the grass right by the road. Um, kind of, kind of by the barn, but just, it's just a regular spot. And I'm like, that's where I'm going to put him, right? I'm just, I'm going to dig up some grass put him down in there, put the grass on the top and let it grow over. I've got one picture hanging up in my house up Blake, and that's actually because of my wife. Um, you know, she, she just said, let's, let's put one picture up. She likes the, she likes that if her sister passed away, she wants some visuals. Okay. She's got some, and, and that's what she likes, but I don't. And I said, you know what, for you, you know, not necessarily for me, but for you, if you want to put that picture up, you can put it up and, uh, you know, Blake's collar, his clothes. What, what am I going to do with that? You know, yeah. how do I, that do I stick it in a drawer? And it was pretty simple Friday, Saturday morning. I got up and I'm like, you know, Blizzy has some pretty big shoes to fill. I'm going to put this on Blizzy. And, uh, so I took, I took Moose's collar, put it on Blizzy and true to form. I come back two hours later, she's got it hooked in her mouth and around because I'd made a just like sticky traps on her ass got the collar on her mouth i'm like oh my god are you just a fucking mess because you're trying to distract me from all of this or you know so i took it all off and then i realized oh this great pyrenees looks so big but really truthfully she's like six pounds but she's got 486 pounds of hair 
And yeah. so when I get in there, I'm like, holy shit, her neck is only this big. Yeah. I'm over there with a, a paring knife trying to dig a hole in that. You know? So now I got a hole in my finger because I slipped off and stuck it into my finger. And it is. It's, God, welcome to my shit show. It, it, it is, it's, it's so perfect, right? I mean, I, I love my shit show. I love being a freaking mess. I, uh, <laughs> Well, well, let me tell you something. I think a lot of people would would align with your definition of being a mess and take that anytime. Um, and like you, you, know, you said you're 60 years old and you're still learning some stuff. I'm 68, Chris, and my past will still come up and I still need to deal with some stuff. And I'm, I'm going as long as I'm my heart's beating and I'm able to sit down and stand up and take nourishment. I'm going to continue to learn. I'm going to continue to to repurpose myself for and that's the beauty part of always being in a constant state of learning as well as valuing being being uh teaching as well too because we can teach through our own experiences and yeah. that's what you and i both bring to the classroom and that's what these kids will take away from them i don't remember 90 percent of the stuff i'd learned in undergrad or graduate school but do i remember those specific life lessons and examples those i'll take with me and yeah. that's what i want my students to take with me that's what I know you want. Any your students and anybody else that comes in contact with you to take with you. And that's why we have the mutual respect and love that we have for each other because we we both value that. We both value experiences over over theory. Yeah. You know, you know, Dave, all all I can hope for you or for me from my perspective is, is if if this were to be our last conversation, you know, if I walk away from here and I fall down face forward carrying two by fours and I'm dead and you hear that news, you know, all I, all I want, all I want to pass on is that you say to yourself, that dude was doing exactly what the fuck he wanted. Like he gave zero shits. He just did his thing. And, and, right. and I want the same for you. And I want the same for Moose. Like, you know, that that's, that's what you want for. I think that's the ultimate goal, right? Is that that's legacy because it doesn't matter jack shit what I own, what I drive, what kind of pants I have on. I got mismatched socks on right now. Probably wearing the same damn dirty underwear I had on three days ago because I couldn't find clean ones. It, 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 it doesn't matter, right? Anything beyond my skin doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. And it's these life lessons that, and I think that's, God, it's just not much more important. It's just important, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I mean, 20 years ago, would I have embraced that kind of value system? Probably not. Nope. Not to the extent that I do now, but because of what's happened to me in my life with, you know, with my, with my daughter Janine's transition and all the, the repurposing that I had to do with my assumptive world because of that, I see I, I see things much more differently, including how I teach, how I nurture relationships, everything. And I got a question for you. Yeah. I, I, like, like, I wish we would have never met, right? Because, because the yeah. fact is we met because our kids died well, and our kids not died. We would have, we would have never met, right? You're, you're on the East coast. So I mean, in case, well, not unless you stop and tell it. Pooped and, and something happened and we would have crossed paths, but it would have never been like this. No. I wish I wasn't here, right? I wish I had not experienced Moose's death. I wish I would have not experienced some of the experiences I have. 
but, but my question then is, is, is that it's, it's all worth it, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's all worth it. It is because of what I've learned from the challenges of, of, you know, my pet's deaths, transitions, my daughter's transition, that's, what's been worth it. And I've been able to align with people who know tragedy like yourself, who are willing to repurpose their lives after tragedy, who see the world very uniquely. And I realized that as those are the things that have been blessings because of the challenges of what's happened to me with my own tragedy. Yeah. But had I not, had I not experienced child loss, had I not experienced pet loss, we would have never met. Yep. And my life would be drastically different. It would be more linear, it would be more predictable. But hey, you know, I wasn't meant to come into this lifetime to, to lead a uh, smooth life, to lead a life without tragedy. Um, yep. You know, you and I have experienced the utmost in tragedies with our children, with you with Blake and me with, with, uh, with Janine and with our pets. Yep. And who are, are going to be very inextricably connected to our children. Blake's death was December 23rd. Moose is January 5th. When Blake dies, you're probably going to automatically go to thinking about Moose and vice versa. And I'm not trying to project that, but that's where he may go. It will go that way. Yeah. No. You know, you know, it's funny because uh, I told Marissa, you know, we, we've been, I, I, I put this thing on, you know, basically about Christmas. I don't like Christmas and my wife really doesn't like Christmas at all because of her sister died during the holidays. And since I came out with Christmas, actually, I actually had a really good Christmas this year because I didn't have the pressure of everybody trying to make me have a good Christmas. And she said, you know, we really ought to go on a trip for Christmas. Instead of saying here, let's just go on a trip. She was thinking Florida, let's go to California. Maybe we should go to New York. And, uh, you know, when Blake, uh, after, uh, Moose died, I'm like, we're going to Paris. Like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. It's kind of like the apple pie and the pizza or the cherry pie and the pizza. If we're going to book a trip, like we better book it now, because I'm telling you right now, if we wait till next Christmas, this is going to wear off and I'm going to be like, nope, we got to stay here and work and we got to do this. So let's buy the damn tickets. Non-refundable, non-refundable because I'm too much of a tight ass to let it go. So let, let's book a trip. Like if we're really going to do this and we say we're going to enjoy, I, you know, you, I can pack in a little bitty bag this way because obviously I'm wearing old, dirty clothes. So, um, I, I just, ah, Dave, I tell you what, it's, it's funny. I told her I was coming to, she texted me this morning. What are you doing? I said, I'm going to do, I'm going to the office. I'm going to do a podcast with Dave. And she's like, you still talk to them? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> we talk all the time. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Talk, text. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, babe. She's like, you know, we, we need to go up there to see him sometime. I'm like, we do need to go up. He's got some shitty diners we can go to and eat some shitty hamburgers. Oh, absolutely. I already got the, I already got the shitty diner tour planned for you guys. So, I mean, I got the list. So you better, you better make it like a two week trip because it's going to take us that long to get through the diners. We were laughing because when we came up there a couple of three, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's been a while now when we came up to that conference, we, you know, when we were driving home. We literally uh, saw the sign Niagara Falls, you know, it's, I, I don't even know, you know, Niagara Falls, 600 feet north, and you could go see it. We're driving to interstate. We were like, oh, fuck it, let's go home. We didn't even have the energy to go there. Even go there. I can't regret not going. I'm like, bullshit. 
well, you want her to be home as bad as I want her to be home. And she's like, yeah, yeah it's actually true. I go, here, I'll go get you a video of Niagara Falls. It's water going over a ledge. You're just an incurable romantic too, Chris. So, you know, it's just, that's why she loves, that's why she loves you. It's good stuff, buddy. It is good stuff. So what else you got for me? I'd, I'd rather have had Blake and lost him and had Moose and lost him. And, uh, I'm, I'm glad we met, you know, I say I regret it, but the reality is I'm going to, if I'm going to go through those experiences and meet somebody, I, I want to meet people like you. And, uh, it, it, it just makes, it just makes it all worth it. Like, likewise, I, you know, it's just, uh, we're, we're kind of, we're brothers in arms. Yep. We're brothers yep. in arms and that's the way it, it, it will always be. Yep. So I'm still the prettier brother though. Just so you, it, just so you. It, it's, that's debatable. You know, I, I just, I mean, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm watching my gondol chin, my, it's, my wife is right. Maybe I've gained some weight this winter. I'm. It's winter weight. I'll work it off next summer. Yeah, you, God, you will. You'll work it off just with, with all the stuff that you do. So, my yeah. friend, as always, it's a pleasure. Um, I am going to keep you and, and Moose in my heart, in my thoughts. Yeah. And um, somewhere, I'm hoping that Zoe and Bootsy have caught up with Moose. Um, Bootsy and Moose were cut out of the same cloth as yeah. far as welcoming to everybody. And Zoe and, and Blizzy seem to have that very playful attitude. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. Not only do our lives parallel in a lot of what we value, but also our pets' journeys have kind of aligned too, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. So, I love with you. I love you too, my friend. And with that, that is a wrap on another episode of the Teaching Journeys podcast. I am your host, Dave Roberts, wishing you peace.